Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. And I thank God for what He's doing. Don't you underestimate what He's doing in our youth, from the little ones, from the nursery all the way up, until adulthood. I'm not uh, dismissing what God's doing in the babies in this room either. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Glory to God. I want to encourage you. It's very significant that you stay up to par. Truths are like a spiraling staircase. You, they never depart from your life. You'll just make a circle and you'll be at that same truth, but at a different level. You follow? And God wants you to uh, understand that. We live in a time period where not, there's no truth in the world. Truth has absolutes with it. And, and that's the basis of our freedom. The basis of our freedom is based on absolutes, or we could say it another way, the truth. You, you vanquish that. Now, let me put it this way. The enemy of freedom is a lie. And the trick of the enemy is to get us to believe a lie as truth. We live in an age of information, but it's not just the age of information, it's the age of disinformation. And the only truth is found in the Word of God. Yeah. Amen? Now, I want to encourage you, stay up to par. Even if you can't be here every service, you have live stream, you can go back to podcasts. You need to thank God for that technology and use it for what it was created for instead of foolishness. Okay? It was created by God and for God for this end time purpose. We live busy lives. I understand that. But I thank God that I can, I, I can go to uh, a podcast. I can go on a website. I can go uh, to the other uh, means and use it properly instead of foolishness. And uh, anyway, I'm saying that to help you. Pastor Zona taught a, a message Thursday morning. And uh, it's called The Beauty of Obedience. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But I'm going to quote her on a few things real quickly. This is going to tie in to where we're going. And I'll give you all of that in just a moment. The proof that you receive God's word is your obedience to him. Amen. Follow through. Everybody say follow through. follow through. It's not enough just to hear it. You have to follow through it. You're growing in disobedience or, or, or obedience. You're growing in that direction. If you've made a habit of disobedience, you're growing in it. You're, you're developing in it. And the same thing is true with obedience. Now listen to this. We must quit coming to God based on who we are but come to Him based on who He is. So in other words, let's put it this way. We are the created. We don't go to God based on the fact that we're created. We come to God based on the fact that He's the Creator. I'm going to put it a little bit different. If He's the Creator, He sets the rules for the creation. The creation doesn't set the rules for the creator. And when you take the, you abstract him or pull him out of that scenario, then the creation thinks they are God. Wow. Boy, that's profound. Listen to this. Nothing, nothing 
from God will happen until you follow the instructions he has given completely. You say, well, I've done first, the first step. Have you done step two? Have, sometimes God says, just do it and then stand on what you've done. So well, how long am I supposed to stand? Well, until it's done. Until it's done. How long? How long? Uh, well, you keep standing. How long do I stand? Until it's done. How many of you stand in front of the oven and tap your foot? Say, I command you to be done. <laughs> A lot of wasted time. Some people, listen carefully. You, you got to read the, you got to get the whole thing. I'm just going to give you just a little bit. Some people would rather keep their pride than be healed. Turn to your neighbor and say, all, they all go to the other church. Now, I'm just kind of giving you a few things there that you need to. We've been talking in this uh, series called Freedom Series. And today we're going, this is going to be the last one on this series is this all that there is? No, I, I told pastors on. She said, "What?" She she knew I was in kind of deep thought on the way to church, and I. She says, "What's wrong?" And I said, "I've got so much that I need to give that I don't have the time to give. So I expect you to do a little homework." I think that's the problem with the church. In the past, we've never done any homework. Well, that went really good. Okay. We've talked about the spirit of freedom or the spirit of liberty. It's found in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We've talked about the law of liberty found in uh, James chapter 1 verse 25 whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein being not a forgetful hearer that person but a doer of the work let me tell you freedom is work well, that went really good too if there's going to be freedom in this nation there's, there's got to be a work Okay? It's called showing up at the voting booth when you don't feel like it. Yes. Making the demand on those who've been elected to office that they stay true and just to what is right. Yes. It's work. So some Christians say, well, God's not called us to be involved with politics. Whether or not you realize it, politics absolutely affects your everyday life and it will affect the spreading of the gospel. Yes. Amen. It's work. So you've got to continue and do a, be a doer of the work, then you're going to be blessed in your doing. That's the law of liberty. You've got to look into it and continue in it. And we've talked about those things. We've talked about the enemy of liberty or freedom. Today, we're going to talk about the basis of freedom. What is the basis of freedom? Let's go to our theme verses found in the book of John, chapter number 8. Well, let's look at verses number 31 and 32, and then we'll jump to verse 36. I'll read reading out of the King James. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, I'm going to talk to you. Evidently, you believe on God to some extent. Uh, some level or you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be viewing by live stream either that or you want to know God okay and this is what he said Jesus doing the speaking if if is a condition that must be met if ye could you continue in my word then you are my disciples indeed and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I like that phrase, make you free, above set you free, because you can be set free and turn around and go back into bondage. 
But make you free means you become free in here to where you never return back to bondage. Okay? But you have to know the truth. Truth does not make you free. We've heard people make this statement. I've heard worldly people make that statement. Well, the truth will make you free. No, no, it won't if you don't know it. If you don't know it, it won't make you free. You got to know it. Now, how are you going to do that? You got to continue into the law of liberty. Now, watch verse 36. If the Son, talking about Jesus, Jesus was referring to himself, therefore shall make you, not just set you, but make you free, you shall be free indeed or in doing. In doing. Okay? Now, Let's go back to the title for just a moment. Basis of freedom. The word basis means the foundation of. The foundation of. Or the system or principles to carry out whatever it is. Or the justification or reasoning behind something. So let's look at it. We're talking about what? Freedom, right? So the foundation of freedom or the system or principles to carry out freedom or the justification or reasoning behind freedom. That's what we're going to talk about today. Go with me to the book of Galatians, chapter number 4. I was going to read two or three chapters here, but I don't have time because I want to, I want to get get you a concept, okay? But let's look here in chapter 4 of the book of Galatians. We'll read probably 1 through uh, 7 here, and then we're going to jump to chapter 5. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until, watch this phrase, until the time appointed of the what? Father. Now that only makes sense. As a father, my children, when they were child, when, when they were children, guess what? They were childish. They were what? Childish. childish. I want to make a statement right here so we get this. No child is born knowing anything. Is that right? Okay. So I want you to remember that. So they have to be under tutors or parental guidance, if you would, until they reach a certain age in order to have certain freedoms. The more they grow, the more freedoms they have. Is that right? Okay. I mean, how you know that you don't give your two-year-old the keys to your car and expect them to drive down to the store for you? That's the scenario we're going to be using here in a minute. They're under tutors and governors until the a time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were under bondage, uh, 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 in bondage under the elements of the world. The elements here means the rudiments uh, of the world. Or of it, this word world, it can mean positive or negative. It can mean a worldly system. And it does mean that system. But a child is under, it, it also means cosmos. It's, that's the Greek word there. And it means an order of things. Everybody say order of things. Order. Now I want you to pay attention here. Very close attention. As long as the child is childish and immature, they're going to stay under the order of things. In other words, let's put it in the, where the rubber meets the road. They have to be given orders. They have to be told to carry out the trash. They have to be told to make their bed. Hello? And they have to be accountable when, they, when they're not. Are you following? They have, to, they have to be told 
not uh, to be nice. They had to be told to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And I hope you're teaching your children that. Amen. You have to be told that. And you know how many times we had to tell our children? Until now, today, they say yes, sir, and no, sir, to people that are younger to them. It's a sign of respect. Amen. They did not learn that on their own. Okay? And ladies, if you have lady organs, I'm going to hold the door open for you. Amen. Yes. Are you following me? You have to learn that. It's, I wasn't born that way. My, my deal is if, if you're big enough to walk through it, you're big enough to open it yourself. Okay. You see, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm going somewhere, but I'm building a foundation. Watch this. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the Son made of a woman, talking about Jesus, made under the law, under these rudiments of this order, to redeem them that were under that law, that we might receive, watch this, the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, whereby... Or we cry, Abba, Father. Thou art no more a servant. Now, the child being brought up is, is trained like a servant. Pay attention right here. When you talk about what is referred to as sonship, you're talking about moving into maturity. Okay? My... my, my, my my sons were born male, therefore that made them sons. No, that did not make them sons. That made them a baby. But when they grew up, following after the training, they became mature. And as they became mature, they are no longer under the rudiments of being trained as a baby. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Now they are adults whereby they can make responsible, get the key word here, responsible decisions and actions. Yes. Yes. You become sons, and God has sent forth the spirit of his son, we'll say the spirit of the maturity of Jesus, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Were there, there are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, watch this, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. How be it then? Would you not, when you knew not God, you did service to them by nature are no gods. Okay? By following human nature, you started worshiping, we started worshiping ourselves. Okay, our positions, uh, anything that has no life in it. You follow? Okay, go to chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay, stand fast in the liberty. The whole purpose of why Jesus came is so you could live the way he lives. Amen. Now pay attention here because the church is not taught this on, the, on a, 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 a major scale. We've all been taught to think like this. You have to sin. We're just all sinners saved by grace. And they'll make that statement and they'll put it all together in one. Now, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches you were a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. So if you're saved by grace, then you're not a sinner. Now, think about this. Grace is the influence of God upon the heart and the reflection of that influence in the lifestyle. 
So if I'm actually saved by the grace of God, He's influencing my heart, and His the reflection of that influence is 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 being brought out into my lifestyle. Am I making sense to you? Now, when a baby is a baby, it 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 that baby is nourished, given milk and food until it gets to the point that it naturally, everybody say naturally. Naturally, naturally that child begins to uh, mature physically to the point that it, it ain't going to crawl on the floor forever. Right. Is that right? Yes. That's what it's going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pull itself up without you, without you forcing it. It's going to pull itself up the side of that coffee table. And it's his legs or her legs, they may be wobbling, but they're going to pull it. And they are excited that they're on another level. Right? They have been freed from crawling on the floor. And they got all excited about it. And guess what happened? They took three steps by get, they let go from the excitement of the coffee table. And they talk about three steps and they fall flat on their little behind. They start crying and bawling and squalling. Mom and dad comes over there and picks them up. And as, he picks, as we pick them up, we console them and, and say, it's all right, honey. You'll be all right. You're going to be all right. Until they stop whimpering, stop crying. We sit them back down on the floor and they crawl over to that coffee table again. They eventually find themselves at that coffee table. And they pull themselves back up again. They get all excited about this level. Because they've been freed from crawling on the floor and seeing everybody's feet. <laughs> Much less sp smelling them. <laughs> so this time they pull themselves up, get all lost in the excitement, and they let go of the coffee table. But this time, instead of three or four steps, it may be six or seven steps. Then they may fall again. It's the process. Do you follow? It's a process of maturing. Well, the same thing applies to us as believers. The church has been too long like a little child. Our society is demanding we mature. The time has called for it. And he said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now I'm going to make some statements here and I want you to get this before I make these statements. This one principle you have to get. God will never require something of you that he himself doesn't already do. Okay? There is nothing that he's told you to do that he ain't already done. He tells you to forgive, it's because he's already forgiven. Tells you to love, it's because he's already loved. Tells you to walk by faith, because he's already walked by faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. We were created in his image and his likeness. We become his children when we get born again. Amen. Okay? Now listen very carefully. This is the way we've looked at it. We've looked at it that we are not... Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make a statement here, so be careful. Don't go out and say something I didn't say. <laughs> If we're created in His image and His likeness, we were created on a God level. Yes. I didn't say we were God. Right. We were created on a level. It's different from animals. It's different even than from angelic beings. Okay? That means that God's going to raise us up as if we were in the God class. 
That's why I keep making statements, and I know I, I get people aggravated at me sometimes about it. Your, your pets are not your family. I didn't say, I've had pets, so don't, don't get up bent out of shape with me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of them, but they are not on a human level. And if you put them on that level, you'll wind up degrading the human level. Because you will value the pet over people. That's exactly what's happening right now in our society. We'll save the whales, but we'll kill a baby. And then we want to know why there's no regard for life when a mass shooter comes into our public schools. Love me tender and love me true. Here is the basis. The true freedom is found in responsibility. There can be no true freedom without responsibility. And I'll prove it to you here in a moment. What is responsibility? Responsibility is the ability to respond. Now when we say that, we're talking about not irresponsibility, because irresponsibility is also a response. But irresponsibility has a consequence to it that does not parallel with the intended purpose of the freedom. For example, when I was a teenager, this holds true for you too, but I'm going to use me because I don't want you upset. But when I was a teenager at the age of 15, I immediately because I wanted freedom. Everybody hear that? Because I wanted freedom, immediately got me a Texas driver's handbook. Why did I do that? So I could learn how to be responsible with a freedom. So I studied that. I went and took the written test and I got my permit. My permit now is I'm not getting the whole purpose of that permit. We're not giving you total access to the freedom of licensing. Liberty also means licensing. Are you following? So I am not, they're not giving me total freedom. They give me a permit, a license to drive with someone who is responsible because they understood what governs this freedom. We didn't. And so I drove with my dad or, or, uh, and other relatives, other friends that had their license till I learned their practices the judgments that are involved in it, the decisions that have to be made sometimes in an instant. Are you following? Now, have we made mistakes? Yes. Y'all never made a mistake driving. <laughs> lie, lie, lie. We're going to form a line over here for all liars. Okay? Now, watch carefully. As I learned all of those things, then I took the driving test. Most people have no understanding of this. God will allow you to be tested. And a lot of people fail. Because after all, Jesus came to set us free. He came to set you free to be responsible. Amen. If you'll notice, those that are in bondage are irresponsible. That's why they're in bondage. Yes. We have what is called a prison for irresponsible people. Right. Are you listening? I hope you're waking up about right now. 
We have a prison for irresponsible people. Well, as long as we are irresponsible, we're, held, we're told when we wake up, when we go to bed, what you're going to do in between. Hello? And in my opinion, our prisons ought to make them go to work. Well, that went really big. Because they've been irresponsible. Are you following? Now, <clears throat> once I got my driver's license, I thought I can drive anywhere I want to, any way I want to, how fast I want to. Hello. And the more I became responsible because I thought that I was free to come and go as I please, you know, if, I, if, I, if I'm ready to go and it's a red light, what difference does it make? I got my license. <laughs> Are y'all here? <laughs> and guess what? We get by with that for a while. A while. But sooner or later, that irresponsibility catches up with us. We get pulled over for running the red light. And guess what? We are full of excuses for being real responsible. And guess what? You get a ticket. Then you're going to go before the judge yes. and be held accountable for your responsibility. Listen, the same God who is merciful is also the judge. Yes. We talk about God being merciful. We talk about Him being love. Hello. We talk about that all the time. But we never get down to talking about that God is just. Are you, are you understanding? I'm going to get into heavy duty things here in just a minute. You got seven more minutes of this. <laughs> Go with me to chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 13, real quick. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. You've been invited into liberty. Liberty has to do with rights or privilege. I have the right to drive because I have a license, a liberty. Okay? You've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. Our whole society talks about our rights and privileges, but never talks about our responsibilities. Never. And if we're ever going to really step into the freedom that's been paid for, both on a national scale and an individual life or an individual family. You're going to have to be learn responsibility. Now remember what I said. God doesn't require anything of you that He Himself doesn't do. With responsibility is also attached accountability. Now listen carefully. I'm going to make a statement or two right here. You don't hear much in church. Well, I don't know if you hear it anywhere. Jesus took responsibility for our salvation and became accountable to the Father. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus took responsibility for our salvation and became accountable to the Father. Listen carefully. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. Just write it down. Refer, it, refer to it. I didn't give it to them up there. It's alright for you to learn how to write. Instead of everything being done for you. Speaking of Jesus... 
the writer said in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8, though he were a son, reached full maturity, became ultimately responsible for our salvation, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered or experienced is another word. Now isn't that amazing? Jesus who was with the Father at the very creation of heaven and earth. The first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. He learned obedience. He did what? Learned it. And now the Bible teaches us because he did and became responsible for our salvation and accountable to the Father, the Father hath given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess his Lordship. Amen. You understand what we're talking about here? If we're ever going to have true freedom as an individual and in our families and in our nation... The other side of freedom must be understood. The basis of freedom is responsibility. And it must be learned. That's why he tells us in James, once again, chapter 1, verse 25. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his doing. Chapter 2, verse 12 says this, We are to live as those that are being judged by the law of liberty. Man, you said, Pastor Ronnie, you coming down hard on me. I want you to get this because we've not understood the attitude and the atmosphere that we've allowed from a system that's broken to be in the church. All right, I got my... I went over four minutes. So now we're going to get down to the brass tacks. Did you realize that God himself is accountable? He's accountable to his word. Listen carefully. I'm going to make a statement again. You got to grab it. You may have to take this one, take it home with you, cut it up, take it in small bites. God's not accountable to your need. He's accountable to your to his word. He's given every promise to take care of the need. So therefore, when you approach God, you have to approach Him not on your need, but according to His promises. Because He won't always fill your need unless you approach Him with His promises. Are you following me? Well, now here's the attitude, some of the attitudes that have crept in to the church from a system that's broken. We want privilege without responsibility. That's why I was saying when I got pulled over for running a red light, I started making excuses. It was the person that wasn't in the car with me, their fault. Hello? The car wouldn't stop. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? And if a person keeps violating the law of responsibility that's attached to the liberty, eventually they will have their liberty confiscated and they go back under the bondage that they had before the liberty was presented to them. That's what was written there in, in uh, 
where we just read there in the book of Galatians. He said, stand fast in the liberty. What he's saying is, be responsible with your liberty. Don't be entangled again where you got to have somebody breathing down your neck all the time. Are you following? Now, here's a problem. Then he goes on, we read that, where he says, uh, by love serve one another. Remember? Here's the problem. We have leaders in our nation on the political scale, the economic scale, the educational scale, and we've even had some in our churches on a spiritual scale that have been corrupted in their motivations. We cannot use our liberty for an occasion to our flesh. Self-promotion. Some people run for office not to serve the public, but so that the office could serve them. Therefore, they get to a status whereby they think they are superior to the people they're supposed to be serving. And guess what they do? Hypocrisy now becomes their lifestyle. That hypocrisy now is this. Jesus had problems with the religious leaders of his day with that same kind of hypocrisy. Every, the office is not used any longer for the good of those that are supposed to be following Now the following becomes subjects to their bondage. Am I making sense to you? Yes. Our form of government in the United States is not a democracy. It is a democratic republic whereby the representatives are supposed to represent us, not dictate to us. Amen. That's right. There's a lot of bureaucracy that has developed out of that that has never been constitutional. The Constitution was based upon the truths that they found in the Bible. But when you abstract God and his influence out of something, something's going to fill the void. Guess what's going to fill the void? Fallen human nature is going to creep in. Fallen human nature is very selfish. Yes. It wants liberty without responsibility. I want the freedom to do as I please, when I please, who I please, yes. and not have any accountability to it. That's why they hold us responsible and yet they are not held responsible. Now, that's the fault of not understanding in the church. Because the church ought to be the guiding light to the morality of our nation. Amen. Morality has to do, it, it, morality is spiritual and it's based on absolutes. When there's a vacancy of those absolutes, there is no morality. It becomes dog eat dog. Yes. I'm going to screw you before you screw me. Right. There's no by love serving one another. I know I'm saying I'm saying some stuff that sounds tough and it sounds may sound hard, harsh, but I'm the reality is here. Yes. We've gotten what we've allowed ourselves to either neglect or vote for. We got somebody in office that can't hardly tell which way's up and which way's down. How did we get here? How did we get here? Well, it must be God. I mean, after all, God raises up one and puts down another. Based upon the heart of the individual. It starts with the individual. 
And when the individual thinks that God's not interested in the status of a nation, they're acting like fools. Wow, wow, wow. Woo, Jesus. I said it Wednesday night, and I want to say it again today. When you get to heaven, there will be no nations. There won't be any nations in heaven. There's only the kingdom of God. Amen. So God won't be dealing with nations in heaven. Where does he have to deal with them then? On earth. Nations are made up of a group of people that have a form of government. Okay? That form of government can be totalitarian. Means dictatorship. Or it can be one like ours that was founded upon freedom with responsibility. It's sad when half the body of Christ won't even go to the voting booth because we've been taught from our pulpits the preacher's not supposed to get on politics. And politics now is a mess because there's no absolutes. Okay? Politics affects your everyday life. You don't believe that? Guess what? They just got to decide this week without your input what the interest rate is going to be in your finances. And guess what? That bureaucracy came out of unconstitutionalism. It affects what you do. Makes you squeal every time you go to put gas in the vehicle. Because we got an idiot that wants to kick God out, have a form of religion, deny the power thereof, in office that refuses, refuses to drill here in the United States, but would rather go to a third world country where they're not going to produce oil responsibly. On top of that, we're just going to sell some of our strategic reserves to our enemies. Yes. Do you understand how that begins to affect? Yes. On a national scale. I think I need to move off of that and go over here <laughs> to an individual scale. How about let's deal with the family matters for a moment. Now we don't really have biblical families in our society. We have people that are driven by sex and don't want holy matrimony. And they want to have sex outside of that holy matrimony. And then they want to, somebody else to be responsible for the consequence. In fact, if we can just remove the consequence, we can just all live like animals. Anti-God, anti-Bible. And now we're legislating that. Now don't get upset too much because this has been decades in the making. For every Christian that voted for Bill Clinton, you ought to be ashamed of yourself and repent. And I've had Christians in this church that voted for him. What you voted for is an immoral goofball that wanted to use the office yes. for his own pleasure. Right. And guess what? If someone is leading and you're following, you're going to go down the same path that they are. Yes. He was in leadership position that required morality. He's immoral. They defended it to the point they voted for him a second time. Don't look at me because I didn't vote for him either way. <laughs> and guess what it released? It released a spirit of adultery and fornication to this whole country. Right. Yes, and it infiltrated the church. 
tell you, we got people showing up to church acting like they're married that hadn't given themselves or the holy matrimony. They want the privilege. They want the privilege, but they don't want the accountability. Then you want to know why our children are messed up? We've taught them immorality. Now listen carefully. I tell you as a parent, I understand this. Children don't do what they tell you to, what you told them to do. They do what you do. That's right. They do. And if you're being a hypocrite with them, they're going to follow your hypocrisy. If you have a rule that you're not going to eat and drink in the living room and they see you having a cup of coffee in there, what are you? Hypocrite. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, that's not on the same scale. That's not immoral. No, you're acting, you're giving over to hypocrisy. And you don't know it. Because the spirit of it, do you understand? Whoever, the spirit of the Lord is the liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? Yes. If you want the Spirit of the Lord in your house, then guess what? Be the man and woman that God called you to be according to the Bible and say, Lord, help me to live the life of Christ before my children. Amen. If I've messed up, if I messed up, I repent. Everybody say repent. Amen. I want you to get this. Repentance is my friend. Yes. After I got my ticket the first time and the second time and my insurance premiums went up and I struggled to pay the fines, I started repenting. Yes. Do, you, do you understand what I'm talking about? This is not condemnation to anybody. It's that we're not used to being talked to like this. And so when anybody dares do it, I don't want to go listen to that. He's going to spit in my face and call me to accountability. <laughs> well, if you don't repent, how can you be saved? Listen, I know where I'm talking about. You know why I know so much? Because God's had to deal with me. And I say it all the time. Jesus didn't come to save me from hell. He came to save me from myself. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yourself, that fallen human nature is what keeps you unhealthy, broke, dissatisfied, unhappy, and miserable. And our churches too long have been filled with sermons to make us comfortable about being miserable. They don't come up with solutions. Because they dare not preach the truth because it's going to offend somebody. Here's what I want to help you understand. Jesus offended a lot of people. Yes. Yes, Say, Pastor Ronnie, why are you talking like this? Because out of love, I want to speak the truth. Amen. Thank you. This is the truth. And there will be no freedom without it. I can't play some magic wand, pray some magic prayer, and, and, and absolutely get rid of the consequences of your responsibility. I can't do that. And yet, we want our churches to be full. We, uh, just, just pray for me. Well, if you really want me to pray according to the Word, you may not like my prayer. <laughs> Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I wasn't going to use it, but I'm... If you've been pastoring very long, you're going to come across this, if you really pastor. If you play games up here, it's going to be different. But I had somebody coming to church here for two years that he committed murder. They came up here, very likable, young individual. Came up here with their mother. Always wanted me and Pastor Zona, particularly Pastor Zona, because after a while, you know, because I get up here and say too much. She, she doesn't. They think she, she's a whole lot nicer, and they don't know how, how straightforward she is with me sometimes. <laughs> anyway. So they always come. And uh, 
I mean, she started coming really faithful for two years. And they'd come to the pastor's honor and she'd make this prayer. Father, I thank you right now. We laid this situation before you and we thank you that the truth would come out. The truth would come out. Remember, if you don't know the truth, and I'll make you free. I had people in leadership wanting to know why we didn't use this talented girl. And I said, you don't use her. She's volunteering for everything. And, we, we just, and they got mad at me. I said, don't you dare use her. You will not use her. I said, you know, I can't tell you why. Either you trust my leadership or you don't. It took two years. She finally, she decided she was going to go somewhere else. A few months after she left, she wound up turning herself in. I'm cutting a story real short. She wound up turning herself in and confessing to a murder that everybody around her said she couldn't have committed. Some people said, well, why in the world did you turn yourself over to the police? They didn't have nothing on you. Christians were making such asinine statements. And she said, because I am freer on the inside of this prison than I am when I was on the outside. Yep. She got freed on the inside yes. because she became responsible. She'll probably make it to heaven over some people that go to church. You follow what I'm saying? Truth can only set you free if you know it. The basis of freedom is responsibility. We have to be responsible. Jesus came to give us the ability to respond the way he would. The way he was accountable to the Father, we're accountable to the Father. The way that Jesus responded when God told him to do something is the way we do it. Listen carefully. I'm going to give you another quote. You can blame this all on Pastor Zona. Listen carefully. You do what's right even when circumstances aren't right. Sometimes the circumstances are not favorable for you doing what's right. Sometimes if you do what's right today, you could get mocked. You could lose your job. Are you, are you listening? You've been freed under righteousness. You don't have to violate God's word any longer. The spirit of liberty has come to you. And guess what? The freedom he brings is so worth anything you've got to stand in. Remember what he said in Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with that nonsense that puts you in bondage. Right. God's calling the church to wake up to that reality so that we can awake our society up to that reality that we have to have responsible people in public office that will respond to God and cannot respond to God if they won't acknowledge Him. You better believe that God's going to hold us accountable. He's going to hold us accountable. You have to go to that voting booth and you have to represent him, not your friends. Amen. Not your convenience. You have to go represent him. He'll look at that and say, okay, I'm going to turn up freedom inside you a little bit more. Amen. I'm going to give you victory over the circumstances. Because you'll do what's right when, even if, if it's not a, a fad of your time. Even though the crowd doesn't go along with it, guess what? I'm going to set you free. Thank you. I got news for you. When we, we understand this, 
even if the jerks at the Federal Reserves that don't know what the heck they're doing and they're trying to manipulate the, our economics, God's going to not only see me through, but He's going to make me prosperous in the meantime if I become responsible in what God wants me to do. Amen. And that ought to be good news for you. Yeah. And turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Ronnie, obeyed God quit on time. <laughs> That's about all I can take today. <laughs> now listen, if you're here or you're viewing by live stream and you don't know Jesus, Jesus is the one that's got to set you free. You can't just, I can't just make you do what I'm talking about. You have to receive him into your heart. And I don't mean just pray a prayer. I'm talking about the reason why we confess his lordship is because of what we believe in our heart. This has to come from the heart. Freedom is in here. It's not out here. My freedom doesn't come from the government. It comes from Jesus Christ. I got freed from myself. I got something to live for now. I'm willing to lay down this life for the freedom that Jesus has given me. Do you understand the difference? Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the day. Everybody say, today's the day. You didn't come here by accident. You're not viewing a live stream by accident. The Spirit of the Lord led you here. Amen. Glory to God. And He wants to come and set you free from the bondages of doing wrong. Because there is right and wrong. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, I thank you for every person in the sound of my voice, those that are viewing by live stream as well. And I thank you, Father, if they don't know you, I thank you that you drew them by your spirit. Jesus, you paid the price on the cross. A very horrible price that none of us can comprehend. But you did it for the joy of the freedom that we would have through your death, burial, and resurrection. Freedom from that fallen human nature and subject to the law of sin and death. Jesus, I thank you that they would believe on what you've done for you took responsibility for our salvation. And Lord, we thank you right now. If, if, I, if you believe on him, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you right now for your Lordship. Train us, develop us. Help us to learn how to walk by faith. How to live by faith in what you've done for us at the cross. For there's where the true liberty is at. Thank you, Father. The things that maybe have been brought out by your spirit that spoke through me and may point out where we're in bondage, they're not to, that's not condemnation. It's helping us to see that we need to look into the law of liberty, which is truth, so we can be freed from it. You're not condemning a soul in the sound of my voice. What you're doing is you're calling our attention. There's another way to live. And we don't have to be in bondage to the lies of the devil. Thank you, Father. You need to say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just stand with me just a minute? Father, I thank you if there's anyone needs healing in their body. Their soul needs to be restored. I thank you, Father, that we will look into the law of liberty. We can be freed from sickness. We can be freed from disease. We can be freed from debt. We can be freed from sin. Help us to look into the perfect law of liberty. And to be a continuer. We're not, this is a marathon, Father. This is not a sprint. It's long term. It becomes our lifestyle. This is the way we live. 
Help us to learn these principles and these truths. Now, Father, as we leave this place today, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. Lord, help us to hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Say that with me. Help me to hear your voice, hear your voice. and the voice of another I won't follow. Now, Lord, you have given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name of Jesus that's above every name to use, which we invoke right now. Say this with me, in the name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, I thank you as we leave this place today that your love would so fill us full that as we go into our everyday lives, that every person we come in contact with, that your love would ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. Change their lives. Thank you, Father, for the freedom that you have given us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.